for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. It has been said that history is really His story, the story of God showing His grace and mercy to the people He has created. That grace and mercy is on clear display in the Gospels as we see our Jesus living and dying for the sins of the world. But His story continues. The story of the early Christian church is his story as well. We are glad that you have chosen to read that story with us, as together we read chapter by chapter through the book of Acts. We'll review the stories of God's grace and mercy on his infant church and celebrate that same grace and mercy that we know and experience today. We are glad to have you studying and growing with us. Here's the next episode of our podcast and the discussion of the next chapter of the book of Acts. We're so glad to have you back for another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman one of the pastors here at Grace Downtown, and I'm here with my friend, Pastor Hebner. How are you today? I'm fine, Pastor Hockman. Great to see you. Nice to uh, join in another podcast. We're having some fun talking about Bible chapters of a grand book of the Bible, the Acts of the Apostles. So how have you been uh, this last week? You had a good week? Everything Things have been well? good. It was Grace Bible Study oh, Days Oh, Grace week. Bible Study so Days. So of course yeah. I had a good week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, what a fun tradition we have here at Grace. It really turned out, you know, because we had the... Well, we've had this all along in church life and people's lives personally, right? The interruption of COVID. Can we still call it the 39th annual, even sure. if we took one year? I think so. One year we did it, but it was more like a sort of an introduction of to some chapter, We did right? some videos. We did some videos, and that counts. We have to yeah. count that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Does that make it the fortieth then? If we count that, no, thirty nine. That is thirty nine. Yeah, count, it would have because I didn't start it until the summer of eighty three. You know, because in the eighty two that would I was don't I make was too raw. changes in your first year of ministry. No, no that would, I was too new to <laughs> you. That would have been like uh, a month after, right? Did you get installed middle mid summer July? Yeah, July eighteen. Like yeah, so. We, when we started Grace Bible Study, it was week, not days, and it was in June. And then after nine years, eight years, we had Monday Night Worship started in August of 1991. And the next summer of 92, well, now we got a conflict. How am I going to teach two classes? for Because we went, we had two classes and then another teacher, so we're offering a, a four. Guest, there right? were a guest, yeah. yeah. So... You had you had options. You could take his or mine, and then the next hour we took a popsicle break. Same thing. Oh, and then you would teach another class. Okay. I would always teach an Old Testament book and a New Testament book, and our guests would teach some topics opposite that. Okay, and you could stay with you for both, or you could right. Got it. So there right. were four classes total, and you had to choose two. Right. There's yeah. two hours of teaching. Right. And you could. Well, did people switch back and forth? I don't even remember, but you know that. But Monday night had a, you know, I I'm upstairs in the pulpit, or you know, so are we, when we went from like six, well, there's no meal. We went from like six to eight o'clock, and then we sang to eight twenty. I mean, it was a, a pretty big commitment people were making, but they had to eat in advance, right? You know, and then we had a popsicle break. 
But I worship at 6.30, and then 91. We, so then we also recognized by that time there's a lot of Friday night where people are out for a fish fry, and so the attendance was really dropping. And one of our dear members here just said, well, Pastor, why don't we just do three days instead of five? Oh, that's a good idea. Did we even do the first time was in June? But we shortly after that, that's when we moved it to August because we figured there'd be a highlight in the summer each month. And June was the picnic. And by then, you know, if you think of the timing of it, because Bible study week started in 83, in 92 we went to three days. But by then, Fritz Horn was on board in 91, you know, so we could... Then we had the camp out shortly after his arrival. Sure. So this is all happening about having people so, gone on a Friday. Well, that was, you know, so June picnic, was picnic June, and July, July was camp out. Camp and then out. August would be Bible study day. So there, every month in the summer, there'd be some, you keep the Sunday morning Bible class and worship going and don't change the schedules. But there'd be some fun congregational highlight each month. That was sort of the thinking of it. And... uh so yeah, it was it was it was sure fun to see after having had uh in person last year and we had pretty decent, you know, I think people turning out, but this year too was good, you know. So um we had 100-ish each night of adults and kids, right? Yeah. So, so if you don't come to Grace Bible Study Days, you should. <laughs> uh, you don't have to be Put a it member. On everybody's conscience, don't right? have to be a member at Grace, right? Um but no, do the meal and then a little yeah. devotion, and then the kids are—they uh, go for a VBS style Bible study with fun crafts, with and story our staff minister and his team, and, yep. um, and then you have electives. You can take one. your course or mine or Pastor Strong. Yep. And so we some, never did the one year we had four. We never did right because I think you that had an one obligation year we out. had four. So I, it was Bondo Strong and right, I had I one. I think. We missed our chance. I think there was a medical <laughs> yes. issue going on. You had with, a good reason yeah, to not I was un- unable to, yes. not I, but somebody I care about a lot was, uh, you know, so. We yeah, that, had a hard time finding a fourth room to, that's right. to have it anyways. But, and then we come back, have our, the popsicle break has, it's, has uh, preserved and persevered. I mean, yeah. Um, and then we sing a few songs and. Yeah. And that's really evolved, too, because that was a highlight every year. We would have this sing-along. And back then, our minister of music, Alfred Bladel, was a part-time guy. You know, he was pretty much on the organ bench every week. But then he had these... Uh, I, I, I was a person who grew up from Lutheran background, church background, but we never did what a lot of people enjoy. Uh, you know, kids, you go to a, a camp, some kind of a... Bible camp or something, sure. you know. And nowadays, a lot of Grace Church members enjoy what they call Camp Philip. But that just wasn't an option. That wasn't something that either my we knew about or as a kid and our family didn't. I, I don't even know. It might have been around. There probably were way back then in the 50s and 60s. But that, it's just something we we did not, we're not aware of and didn't do. So it was all kind of new to me that this would be a phenomenon that kids could do but anyway it's in those those sort of summer bible camps where kids go and they're sitting around the campfire at night and they uh they they sing i guess what you'd call campfire songs right i mean they're they're not in the hymnal necessarily but they're fun to sing and they're fun for kids to sing and singable and so that's what alfred would do he would bring in i don't know where he learned them but 
we didn't use them in worship, but there were that was what we did. During Bible study week, we would sing at the end, and he'd have all these fun songs to sing that kids could sing. And You wouldn't sing Noah built him an arky arky in worship? That would have to I'm, be a camp song, huh? That would be something way... <laughs> Way beyond my experience, you, you have to you have to be sitting around a campfire to sing a song. I think like so. That. Yeah, I think so. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know it. But anyway. Father Abraham had many <laughs> sons. That that couldn't ever be the hymn of the day. Yeah, I, well, I suppose, <laughs> but I it's beyond my experience. So, yeah. So um, anyway, so that that continues, but they're not as campfire ish. There's some. But now there's a mix of when we were having new hymnal introduction and some newer hymns. Our music minister, Kevin, does a great job, I think, each night organizing just enough songs that we can finish early. You know, we don't push beyond the 815 mark. And um, there are some that are of that easy-to-sing campfire sort of. And then there are some that are introducing some fun melodies that we maybe don't know quite yet or will use and it's a nice mix yeah and people enjoy singing along and even breaking into harmony here and there it was it's a blast so it's, a, it's what adds to the fun of the week and i think those three nights serve just really well yeah you know, I know people look forward to that yeah. and um i do the opportunity to do a little small group bible study and yeah um, well, the other cool advantage thing. is it happens in your class that you're teaching and didn't mind too, but when we're having a bigger, there's people who get to see one another three nights in a row that they may not see because we have the three services on Sunday, one on Monday night. And they, you know, if you come to 745, you don't necessarily know the 1030 people. But in, during Bible study days, you get to intersect with people that who come to different services and it's pretty, pretty neat to yeah. have the kids playing and singing and doing uh, crafts together and Bible stories and the adults mix and match it's it's a it's a great week so we had a sick kid on tuesday oh um, so trisha was not able to attend and uh lucas was very sad that he was gonna have to miss grace bible study days wasn't he and here with you though he he did come we ended up finding him a ride from a <laughs> dear grace member who lives nearby who we knew was coming and was willing to pick him up. Yeah. And so he got to be in on the fun. But yeah, even the little kids uh, yeah. look forward to that and, and enjoy it. Yeah. So, You know what I failed to do, and I, I kicked myself when I went home that night, because that last little devotion I had, I had the, the special titles or names you might have for L- Jesus. Little? little is how we're describing those? Well, those <laughs> with the kids? You beat her. And... Well, they weren't quite so little. Your two-minute devotions uh, went a little bit past two minutes. Did I they think. go more than two? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. They yeah. were very good. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, I always shoot for two, but it ends up being five or something. <laughs> but the um, had them physically spell out J-O-Y, and that and I was going to take a picture of that. And, you know, grab my phone, and, and I forgot. That would have been neat to throw out there and say. We would have had to turn fun. the J around to be the right way. Was it backwards? The J was backwards. Was it? From our perspective. It oh. looked right from behind oh, yeah. where you were standing. Oh, yeah. That's why when you asked what it spelled out, that's why people no, are... No, what, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should have gone in that front was, of them. That was one of those, uh, like, he's been doing this the whole week and we didn't know it. 
spell it out, J-O-Y. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now that you say that, it's right. I had uh, Jonas backwards, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 point, the point was We there. got the point. Yeah. So I thought was, that should was... Should have taken a picture. Had I jumped in front and taken a picture, I would have noticed, oh, that's right, you're backwards. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Oh, brother. I thought that was really well crafted that you, <laughs> that you had a, an intention behind the names that you picked and you didn't release the it till could, the end. Yeah. It was fun. Fun to be together. That's, that's the real point, right? And the treats and the food, the meals were fun and all well planned and organized. And So, yeah, this is kind of an advertisement for next kind of. It really is. So. Put it on your calendar. Yeah. First week Podcast August, listener, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of right. 2023. Come back. You only have one night where it would conflict with State Fair, so you don't have to worry about... You we can, do that on purpose, right? You can skip opening State Fair night, and you go every, after that. Because we used to have to figure out when we would do it, and some years we had Bible study week, Bible study days, right in during the heart of State Fair. So now we're trying to avoid that. So <laughs> That's fun. I'm glad that you... Uh, came up with that and and that that's been a staple on the the grace calendar that came actually i think i did we have that on a podcast before but from pastor eugene allsweed up in eagle river wisconsin i bet we chatted about i think the the lead up to grace bible study days a few weeks ago it was it was his article in the little parish magazine for educators yes i stole that idea and use it here that was really good it so, has fun. obviously proven yeah. to be beneficial people in the word of god what could be better right and here we are in the word of, god. The word of that's god that's what we're doing yeah people in can the you word imagine in acts chapter 23 that we can actually um uh, even end a, uh the reading of it when you just want to keep turning the page and keep <laughs> reading because it actually starts ahead of time you got to know a little bit of lead up so the apostle paul who finished up three Missionary journeys is committed to go to Jerusalem, even though his friends are saying, <laughs> you know, this uh, this might not end well. And, he, and the Lord even had informed him this is going to be challenging. So that sure enough, and he gets to Jerusalem, he gets in flack, right? And yep. The commander who shows up in chapter 22 is interesting to me. That actually in 21, and he's in 22, but he's not named until 23. Claudius Lysias. Because right. he sends that letter onto the, you know, that comes later. But I think it's the same dude, right? It would have to be. That would make sense. Yeah. But what a what an upstanding character. And so, you know, when we get into 23, we've got this business where the commander is finding out that Paul's a Roman citizen and he's going to have this assembly now and Paul's going to get a chance to speak. So that's a boom. Then we're into chapter 23, just like that. And he gets a chance to address the religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, a 70 ruling council that were made up of different kinds of religious leaders, Pharisees and Sadducees and other law experts. And I'm sure you talked about that in your previous podcast, and everybody is familiar with the difference between Pharisees and Sadducees. Did you have a chance? I, I don't know that that came up specifically. But. I don't remember if I didn't. I was out of town this last weekend during Bible study, so I didn't get a chance to listen to the. Yeah, but the, you know the the history behind the Pharisees is this group that emerged when you don't have temple access to Jerusalem and local worship that would lead up to these big festivals, because starting in you know six twenty ish, you have this even little after that six you know you have this uh, 
leading up to destruction of Jerusalem, 20 years of 605 is the start of deportation. And 20 years later, the city is destroyed. 587, 586. And then in the meantime, Jewish people have been deported into Babylon. And when they're there in this, quote, 70 years, I, I was going to say, quote, captivity, close quote, they're really not in jail, but, you know, they're free to live, just separate from each other. What are you going to do for worship? Do you have no access to the temple? So that's lay leaders who made it a point to know their Old Testament scriptures would become teachers. And sadly— That's as, where synagogue worship comes yes. comes from, too, right? Yeah, eventually— that Now we're going to gather around right. locally rather than right. everyone. It starts that yeah. way, right. Because, you know, after the Babylonians do this, then the Persians take over in the th in the 300s. And after that, another couple hundred, then you're down to the Greeks. Oh, the Persians are really 536 and on, and the Greeks are the 300 BC. So, but the Greeks are the ones who then import people, their language, and people are, no matter where in the conquered lands of Greece, they're... So the, so the Jewish people in Babylon who remained were gathering during the Babylonian power and the Persian power and Greek power, and then those, you know, in these little groupings. But it gets the Greek term later of coming together, synagogue. And that, so anyway, that kind of Bible education happening and then returning to um, the Holy Land and rebuilding Jerusalem and the temple and, so there's scattered Jewish people all over, but there's especially now the few who came back and rebuilt. That's the focus because that's where the Savior is going to be born. So you have, sadly, uh, withdrawing from the beautiful promises of God in all of Scripture, even though they're, quote, Bible teachers, and they began to incorporate what is our default for all human beings, yours and mine included, that without God telling us clearly in Scripture, our default is, well, I get to save myself, or at least help the work righteousness. And the religious leaders and teachers of these groups began to see themselves as set apart from others and look down their noses who didn't live up to their demands or laws or they were supposed to. And that's what Pharisee means. Pharisee is to be set apart. So that's what they started already during the Babylonian captivity, and then would continue as religious leaders and teachers. Because of an absence of temple use during that time, and then a return to temple use after the, quote, captivity and the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem, dedicated in 516, um, you, have, you have the uh, priesthood now active again. And sadly, they, worse than the Pharisees, really drifted away from their from the Holy Scriptures. And later on, as time would go by, became more interested in their own power and money. And a lot of them, by the time of Jesus, didn't even believe or use their Old Testament Scriptures. Maybe the Pentateuch, maybe the first five books. But they didn't believe in an afterlife. They didn't believe in angels. They, you know. A resurrection, that's just, this is, all they're interested in is money. So these are the rich, fat cats. That'd be the, the Sadducees. Sadducees. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're, how sad that is, right? <laughs> that the Sadducees are into money. When Jesus warns about the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees, he's warning about work righteousness and greed.
And uh, at, at any rate, now you have these two disparate groups, but yet they all they both have representatives in this ruling council because they both like power. Yeah, <laughs> right. So let's be in our little. And the Romans are going to allow some self rule, so they allow this Sanhedrin to exist. And it's made up of these two different groups primarily, and then you have others who are law experts. It's just an interesting historic setting. So the Romans are smart enough to allow a, a measure of self-rule, and that's the Sanhedrin, and, and the commander allows Paul to address this group, you know. And, and you see that in play. Um, yeah. You'll have to come back for the... Uh, the next one, where we talk about going before Felix, who's now the the Roman. That's governor. the governor. So that's that's Rome itself and its representatives. But he, yeah. here in twenty three, it's the Jewish Sanhedrin that, that <laughs> gets gets their piece of the power pie. Right? And Ananias, you know, who has got to be a descendant of the one who was around from, you know, Caiaphas and. Yeah, Annas and, Annas and Caiaphas. Caiaphas. Yep. He, you'd think there'd be a descendant, but Ananias, but I don't know Does that the high for sure. Priests typically stay within that family. It's the, the it, child of Annas and Caiaphas. It has were, to be a descendant related. of Aaron. So yeah. it may be a branch that would be different. And I can't, I, I'm sorry, I can't speak to that. I don't know for sure. What you wonder if it isn't in that this, those. This would be family, if not directly descendant from one branch of. Yeah. Yeah. Or from Caiaphas or. It's at least a branch of Aaron. We way back we know that. I actually looked this up because I was curious, like how long the high priest would typically reign. And there's like uh, six or seven guys that ruled during that in between. Yeah, Annas and Caiaphas in 33, and now here we're 57 is probably well, the date that we're in. Yeah, wouldn't that you know, be the festival date where Paul shows up? Yeah, so 58 or not, he's in jail, you know, from 59 and 60, eventually. Right. In, be, well, jail. Two, he's he's held in Caesarea. Those are the two, two years, years while he waits for, right. Because I always... That's next chapter. I, you know, you can be off by 57, a 58, so. that's roughly where we are. Right. So in between, in those, uh, what would that be? Yeah. In that 35 years, or 25 years, there's five or six guys that, yeah, that are in there. So... It, typical high priest is two, uh -huh. two or three years it's not this big long 40 year reign yeah. of being high priest you'd think that some would be lifetime in you know until they're like a supreme court justice or something right. you know but there could be turnover and there could be and then for political reasons too they get ousted and the next guy comes in or something but the, the paul in rome under house arrest, I always have like 60 to 62, 61, 62. So the two years prior, 59 and 60 is, that, that you know, 58, 50, you're, you can be off by a year here because, you know, we're okay. Is this staying in the Caesarea waiting for, but so we're, we're at about 57, 8 or 9, somewhere in there when he's addressing the Sanhedrin. So what do you think about the way he speaks to Ananias at the beginning of the chapter, you know, and because, right, you know. Yeah. Is he being sarcastic? Yeah. Is he actually unaware that this guy is the high priest? Um, is he making a commentary on how he's functioning yeah. as high priest? When yeah. he says, oh, I didn't, I wasn't aware. 
I get yeah. Ananias gives an order to get a slap up. You know, so he says, he says, "God will strike you, you whitewashed wine." <laughs> That's whoa. You sit there and judge me, yet you violate the law. And those who are standing, you know, they're you're insulting the high priest. So you know, what is that? Is it? I didn't realize he's the high priest. You know, is this is this Paul in a way proclaiming a very severe rebuke? Yeah, you don't have a high priest. You know, because you might have that position, but guess what? Jesus is the real high priest, and you're not even asking me about him. And Yeah, or, what's the number one job of the high priest? To point the people to Jesus. Right. And, and here they are trying to take Paul's life because he dared yeah. proclaim Jesus. Or was it that he was in this situation not robed? And Paul hadn't met the guy. Yeah. You know, who are you? Oh, I didn't realize you're the high priest. I mean, it could be as simple as that. Yeah. Too. My study Bible's got a couple notes that one, Paul's eyesight was so poor he didn't see him. <laughs> um, two, that often these meetings who presided over them would, sometimes it was the high priest, sometimes not. And then what you just suggested yeah. that if he's not wearing the high, high priest, priest gear garb, that yeah, maybe yeah. Paul actually was unaware. Yeah. I. I don't know. My I'm not gut, trying to give him a break, but it's just my gut kind of tells me that he's making a commentary on the <laughs> way that he's functioning. Yeah, that you're not serving in the role of high priest. You and, want the respect of of the high priest office, then function like a high priest. Right. That that's po- the way I see Paul. And point that's people just, to Jesus, and he gets right into it too, yeah. because then he's going to bring up this by intention. This he he creates this conflict between the Pharisees and because the priest, the high priest, would be of the Sadducee group. You know what I mean? Right. So then right away, following in this chapter, he's got that, knowing that some of them are said as some Pharisees, he calls out, well, I believe in the resurrection. I'm a Pharisee. You know? And now he's got the argument going on. Yeah. On purpose. Right. We'll just drop this grenade in the middle and then step back. and Yeah. (laughs) You dummies should know. You're claiming to be religious leaders. You don't have the first clue. It's really fascinating how Paul has the courage and the boldness to do that. The big uproar and... And so so then the commander is going to step in now because he's been around already in previous chapters, right? Yeah. So the dispute became so violent, the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces. I was like, whoa. I so appreciate those little commentaries. There was one of those in the last chapter that they had to pick Paul up and carry him away because the mob in the temple was... Yeah. Like, it's it's easy to read these things and what's going on or people saying some mean things and there's a little bit of pushing. No, no, these are actually really dangerous and really violent ordeals that are happening and... um, yeah, they're trying to kill them in back so in that chapter twenty. Don't right? start dying in these riots. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. But then, you know what? A, what a grand thing! And this is something too that you know, as we read these chapters, you just have to marvel not only at the historic event that is it, it's just spellbinding as you read this. You just want to keep reading to see what happens and how this plays out for Paul in his life and. You can almost picture in your mind like the movie or the TV show, you know, whatever the, and in all these scenes you can just see happening, Paul getting beaten or, you know, in front of the Sanhedrin and people yelling and shouting and they're getting mad and, you know, this, the commander has to step in. It's just, you can picture in your mind how this is working. And yet, number one, it's really all God's hand in order to get Paul in a position 
where he will eventually be in Rome and from there write letters and eventually be released from house arrest. And it's, it's God getting his missionary where he wants him to be and yet having testimony there. Right, and then both of those things, right? And then, yeah, then the setting number, the scene, but also right. giving him an, a a platform on which he can, before kings and princes, exactly. declare the this chapter glory of and God. the next, right? Yeah. And then the other part is that 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 cool little promise that just sneaks in there, where God says to him, you know, you you do the Jerusalem testimony, but guess what? You know, I'm gonna you're gonna you're gonna be hang in there. You'll be okay, Paul. You know, it's. You're going to end up in Rome, and I'll I'll take care of that. It's like, wow. And Luke, the evangelist, is recording all this, that little promise that God puts in there. And the way he does it, that the Lord stood near Paul. Yeah. Like, so what is that? Is that a, he, he shows up again. Yeah. Just like he did on the road to Damascus. That's right. Jesus is there. I like that it's red letters. Jesus comes and speaks to him. Right? Yeah. And, you know, people would wonder, because that's not how God says he's going to do it for us, this direct message. Right. But he does speak to us, and we're doing it right now with a study of the Scripture. He speaks to us when we remember it, when we think about it, when we read it, when we hear a podcast on it. We're, we're having God speak to us through his words, and that's true in gathered worship. It's true in personal study. It's true when we're thinking this through, and that's just an amazing thing that God— I mean, we're talking about God here. This is not like— talking about Pastor Hockman or something like that, or Pastor Hebner or Pastor Strong, right? I don't right? feel We're like the podcast about, about Pastor Hockman would be quite as yeah. well-received. Uh. Well, you know, and then, <laughs> I mean, when you look at it, you know, who are we, right? Yeah. Just human beings, piles of dust who are sinful people who should be damned to hell, and Jesus did his thing, and so we're close to God. And But this is... this is not even like the President of the United States or even the governor or the mayor. This is not even, you know, some sports here or some famous actor or playwright or what this is god who's going to talk to paul and god who speaks to us through scripture you have to catch your breath once in a while realizing wait a minute the god who owns all and made all and has all power and all knowledge and he's going to communicate with us that's a pretty cool deal and you have to stop and think about how, how amazing that is and what Paul would have had, how calming that was for him when we go through all those trials and troubles as if we're going to be on the same level of what Paul went through. But, you know, everybody has their issues, right? And they can be pretty traumatic in our lives. And the Lord says, hang in there, I've got you. <laughs> it's going to work out. You're... God's got this. Yeah. I heard a sermon about that recently. Yeah. Actually, I delivered a sermon about that recently. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's got it. Yep. It's okay. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's just a little interruption there. So, yeah. Then there's this plot. Oh, boy. Um, this plot that gets uncovered. Um, again, showing how God's in control. Um, Such drama, this? right? A Paul's nephew? relative. Yeah, nephew. Paul's nephew gets wind of a, a group of 40 men that's going to uh devised this plot yeah. i thought it was striking we talked about how the chief priests teachers of the law the sandrin had lost their way here the these plotters are going to get them involved in it right here's what we're going to do you're going to go and and tell <laughs> um 
tell the governor that you want a meeting and then we'll take Paul out on the way and they're they're a okay with that. They just fine with that. We don't need justice. We don't need um yeah. a fair trial. We yeah. We'll, An assassination we'll be, plot. And they got forty people involved. It's like holy cow. If you add the seventy of the Sanadrin, there's, there's a there's a hundred and ten people involved. There's in a, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of anger and a lot of hatred and that's very very scary and dramatic. But you know, how old is this nephew? Right? You know, is he in his teens? Is he a twelve year old? Is he in his twenties? We don't know. But it's some obviously younger right person that would actually have the assignment and take it up on. I'm going to go talk to the commander. Whoa, you know. How does he even get to the commander? That's right. Hey, I got a message. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder, he gets brought in. You right? wonder if it was the, if it was just peculiar enough that they, yeah. like this 12-year-old boy wants to talk to the commander? I <laughs> must, what? I want to see what he's got to say. Y- you wonder, like, if I had a message for the commander, do I get to just march into his office? Yeah, probably not. Well, he's got but, you know he went to the he, barrack. He's telling Paul, and Paul says, "Well, you got to get this known." And so he finds a centurion, you know, and soldier takes him the commander. I mean, it's just so, so he must have a that that commander probably or that centurion. I mean, must vouch for yeah. him or this is worth it. He goes up the chain, right? And that's what happens. Centurion Paul, the prisoner, sent me and asked me to bring this young guy. So, so the commander is willing to listen to him. And and how about that transportation? You know. You got 470 military people are going to escort him out of town so that he's safe. For a prisoner. Yeah. That's, well, there's a plot of 40 out to assassinate him. So, and how many others are in on it? You got 470 soldiers. Right. The fact that it's the secular government here that is willing to give Paul the safe passage and the benefit of the doubt and protect him. Right. You would think it would be well, whatever. We'll we'll send you on your way, and if someone yeah. takes you out on the way, fine. So be it. One less headache for us to deal with. Yeah, but yeah. This is the opposite of the way it should be, right? It's the church that's trying to take <laughs> Paul's life, and it's the government that ends up protecting him. Yeah. Well, the soldiers and spearmen get so far out, and then they're sent back, and then the cavalry goes on. So Paul must have been with them on horseback, right, to make that trip, and they're heading to the northwest to get to Caesarea on the coast. There's a couple different Caesareas in our Bibles, and this is the one that's on the coast, because that's that's where they're headed, right? Right. You might see it uh, labeled uh, Maritime Caesarea. Maritima, or whatever Latin name goes with that, right? So the, the commander, now we find out his name. He's been around since chapter 21, right? So he's going to write to the governor, and he gives his name as Claudius Lysias, and then sends this letter on to Felix. So, Which was, by the respectful. way, a pretty common thing, right? Yeah. The prisoner would be transferred, and then there would be a letter that would like lay out, here's what he's been accused of, or here, here's mm-hmm. the backstory. That comes up later in the chapter that Paul shows up to Caesar with no such letter. Um, so <laughs> they're like, well, what what's the deal? How come I've got this prisoner here and no backing, no background yeah. of of why he's here. Right. It's interesting because uh, it leaves us hanging now that he's there. And the governor says, well, I'll, I'll hear it, but then chapter is going to 
And so we're, we're all excited to find out what ha- what's going to happen we've next, been, right? We've been doing a lot of this, teasing the next episode. Oh, is that right? And, and yeah. you've got to come back. If yeah. you want to know what happens, you got to listen to the 24 episode. That's right. So, yeah. Hey, the chapter breaks are the chapter breaks. And they, well, yeah. Stephen we Langdon, said. thank you very much. And, <laughs> right? Back in 1250 AD or so, generally did a pretty good job. But sometimes it's just as how much he could ride when he's riding in his carriage on the way to work, you know, <laughs> Archbishop of Canterbury, and then he'd make a mark, and that's the, the end of the chapter. bathroom breaks are uh, yeah, sometimes maybe where the chapter's <laughs> chapter come. break. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But whatever is uh, his whim, and you know that's not part of the inspired text. But the text is inspired by God, and all we know is most, most certainly, certainly true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www gracedowntown.org There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot of information about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.